0: Welcome everybody, to the big dudes in the trenches podcast. I am Doug. And there are two other guys here. Bug Hello.
1: and Tug. Hey, that was really slow. It was throwing me off. I know that's what you're doing on purpose, but it but it worked. It was throwing me off. So,
2: his his whole stick yeah. stick sch- tonight has been trolling us as much as possible.
1: And he's winning. Yeah. He wins at that.
0: I am. Also, I said big dudes in the trenches. This is actually big dudes in the dugout. We are talking Major League Baseball offseason transactions. There has been one major trade since our last episode. The Giants got themselves a big-time rotation arm. Former Cy Young winner Robbie Ray coming over from the Mariners. Big deal. I know it's been a while since that Cy Young.
2: And the Cubs finally fucking signed somebody, so let's go.
0: That was – was that – since the last episode, though, oh yeah, well that's true because the Cubs didn't sign shit until. Like <laughs> yes, they have like they have seven
2: catchers on the on the roster right now. <laughs> what is what is seven. with Chicago sports teams in
1: really liking one position? I don't tight know. ends and I catchers. I wish, There's a theme going on here.
2: Pitchers. it'd have been fucking nice. Hey, and don't talk you, shit. All right, they won a World you Series with three didn't... catchers. On the 40-man
0: roster. Three Did you not catch setting. that, though? That was, I, that, was, that was one of the greatest tug bits of all time. I, and you yes, just gloss over it. It would have been better
2: if I hadn't already thought the same thing. I was like, it's like the fucking Bears with fucking tight ends. Like, I thought the second I saw it, that was the no, first no, no, he, he missed not, the joke. Not...
1: He missed the joke. They're tight, tight ends and catchers, catchers
2: man. <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs>
1: is there something Chicago's trying to tell us?
2: Probably. Have you been to that part of Chicago? <laughs> I like, drove, like getting great.
0: beaned uh, before rush hour. <laughs> uh, all right. So it's not, we're not a baseball podcast. Uh, we are a hockey it. podcast. Big dudes in the blue line, Edmonton Oilers, Chicago Blackhawks in the first period tonight. Let's go. I uh, a big storyline. Who who uh, cares? Connor, Connor, Connor Bernard. On. Yep. He's out for like six to eight weeks. It's
2: unfortunate. Broke make it five off. weeks he's going to come back with the with the fucking uh fishbowl on
0: yep but i will say jason dickinson with an unassisted goal in the first period opened up the goal scoring very exciting and then uh, i mean of course i had to come back you can see it behind me i've had blackhawk stuff behind me
2: since our first episode since i've been here uh yes we can we can talk blackhawks for a while if you really want to but i don't think you, i think you i think you want to because you don't want to talk about the college football playoff national championship game
0: all right you want to talk playoffs let's talk playoffs the bills won the division The my the <laughs> dolphins couldn't get it done
1: <laughs> all right all right that does roll me into something and it, it killed me because as soon as this happened i had been saying it all off uh all playoff run for the uh for the FCS special teams have to be special. As soon as that kicker or that point return went, I knew stuff was about to hit the fan.
0: Hey bug. I know both of the uh, teams you're repping right now are in the playoffs, both the Cleveland Browns and the team that Baker Mayfield currently plays for. That's right. He's wearing a Jersey, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> all right. Very Let's get into the stuff. show here. No, we're in the show. This is the show. What are you talking about? So Mike Frable got let go. Crazy Doug, times.
2: Doug's worst nightmare
1: happened. Crazy it, times. It's his worst
2: nightmare on so many levels, and we'll it really we'll is. get there. We'll get there.
0: I, I, I mean, don't... it looks like you're trying to force us there. I'm trying to have a good time, and you're not allowing <laughs> it. You
2: can have a good
0: time on the second half of the show. I, apparently not. Yes. Jeez!
2: The final game Houston, of the fourteen. Iowa
0: State is tied right now, and it's going about to go to overtime. And you're not letting me. We're talking about college basketball. <laughs> Literally, give me give me anything other than this, please. All right, the all right. I, I have a Iowa solution. State is about to. I have a solution. There it solution. is. There's
1: my solution. We're gonna move Doug for a little bit. We'll bring him back in the show later. <laughs> Doug, we
2: love you, buddy. Yes, this is going to be painful uh, for Doug, but I do have a fun story for him when we close when we close up to close up our chapter on the college football playoff. This is the final four team college football playoff game of the era. From from yep. here on out, it's going to be twelve teams until it expands to sixteen, and then hopefully we get to I don't I don't know I feel like sixteen is probably the right answer.
1: Yeah, it's uh, gonna be... Oh, twelve is next year.
2: Yeah, I, I think I think we're going that direction, but. I, As we've said a few times, we think college football is going to change fundamentally anyway. Yeah. That's a whole different discussion. Let's stick with the, the task at hand here. And let's talk about the college football playoff national championship between Washington and Michigan. Two undefeated powerhouses going at it in this game. But it finally happened. Michael Penix's injury proved to be too much for the Huskies to overcome here.
1: Yeah, no, that's ultimately the game difference. Uh, that and then Michigan's ability to control the ball offensively through Blake Corum uh, really widened this gap. This really was a 21-point game. Uh, mm. I don't really think it was much closer than that.
2: Well, going into the halftime, it was only a seven-point game. And then I was putting my kids to sleep. I missed the entire third quarter and about five first five minutes of the fourth quarter. But what I did see, and kind of what I went back and looked at, was Michigan really committed to putting the ball on the ground and just running the danger. run the clock, kill the clock. Yep. And Blake Corum was good enough to do it. Michael Penix had a interception that very nearly went for six. It was it was like a seventy eight yard return all the way down to about the five yard line. I've seen a couple people say it already, and I wonder what your thoughts are. If you're a backup quarterback at Washington, are you wanting to stick around for next year after seeing? a very clearly less than 100% uh, Michael Penix be the guy that they go to in the biggest game of the year.
1: You go with your stars, though. Why would you do anything different? This is his last college football game. I'm not – there's nothing that's going to get me to sit him. The fact that he was willing to play through an injury was – is massive to me. That's how much the game meant to him and to the school. you got to put your best players out there to win. They brought
0: in transfer Will Rogers from Mississippi State.
2: At the very end of the game, right? Like, last fucking drive of the game?
0: No, for next season. Okay,
2: there you go.
1: (laughs) So, yeah, in that case, yeah, I'm probably transferring out if they have another quarterback. But, hell, I'm staying if I'm the number two on that depth chart. If they have that much faith in the starter that they're going to stick with him through an injury – well, He's I think you got him there. You I think the bigger
2: thing, him. the bigger thing here too, is they were able to get a little something going against Texas, make it a game when it was out of reach. That was Texas's game, yeah. And then they made it a game, and the defense was able to bail them out at the end there. And I say bail them out. The defense made a great play to break up what would have been the game-winning touchdown for the Longhorns. The problem was the defense wasn't able to stop Blake Corm. The defense wasn't able to recover from the mistakes that Michael Penix was making. And the one consistent thing I saw from what I saw of this game is when Michael Penix had the ball in his hand, he didn't look comfortable even in a clean pocket. Something was just completely off. He missed Roma Dunze wide open. That would have been a tying touchdown, I believe, at the very start of the game, or it would have made it a 10-7 game. I don't remember. I mean, they, and there were other throws. His his other interception to start the second half. I saw a highlight of that again, just completely missing something and not looking comfortable at all with the ball in his hand.
1: No, I I agree, and and sometimes that's what the defense is showing you. If they're showing something different than what you prep for, you're going to be uncomfortable. Uh, if he had any kind of injury that was nagging, which we know he did, that can make you uncomfortable. But he'd played through it to that point anyway. Um, so that that's a tough one. My question for you guys, as, I mean, Michigan owned this game. There's no doubt. They owned it from, from start to finish. Um, my question for you, and if Doug wants to pop in, he's more than welcome to, does a national championship, knowing the NCAA, change their investigation?
2: I think the, Doug is absolutely going to have an opinion on this. And I think what's more interesting to all of this is that this is the first and 15-0 team in the Big Ten's history, obviously, yeah. it's the most game opportunity, most games they've had to have that opportunity to play. I mean, this was a monumental game for Michigan and the Big Ten.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it, a big we ten getting, championship either way.
2: We're yeah, we were getting an undefeated 15 0 champion, whoever won. It just happened yeah. to be Michigan. I honestly couldn't tell you what's gonna happen. I really couldn't because I, I just I don't it, trust
1: the NCAA, and I think something like this, it, it's not the era of Pete Carroll. It changes how they look at it, and I think it ultimately does change the way they here's, levy their
2: decisions. Here's what I think is going to happen. If Jim Harbaugh stays, which I don't know I don't why he, he would leave. I don't know why that keeps getting so much buzz.
1: It, he signed a new but agent. If, there's There's a lot of traction to him leaving.
2: If he leaves, I think Michigan might end up in some hot water. If he stays, there's no shot because the, then they have to discipline him too.
1: The other reason, I think Jim, Har- since you brought it up, I think he's on the way out. Michigan offered him a new contract. I think it was a 10-year with a no NFL clause. He has not signed it yet. It's been out for like a week, week and a half. So he's,
2: and he's going of, to
1: listen to some offers.
2: Speaking of Jim Harbaugh contracts, we we talked about it two, three years ago. They kept, they, when they re-signed him, and he hadn't won anything. And now yep. look, at, look at where yep. we're at now. Well, yeah, the other thing. That happens. Well, yeah, exactly. The other thing that's <laughs> interesting about this, I put it up in the Discord. Washington two years ago played Montana, paid them over six hundred grand for that game, and lost. And then both teams went to the national championship game in their respective division. And what do you know? Both teams lost. So maybe something's not not quite right between Washington and Montana. We'll get to Montana a little bit later. Yeah. All right. Uh, actually, but there's. Go ahead. No, I
1: was going to say if you have something else added in cuz I was just going to say push us on bring Doug back in. Yeah.
2: No, I've got I've got two things. I kind of want to bring Doug, Doug back for both of them because the first one is more of a a draft conversation that has to <laughs> that has to do with these two quarterbacks and the second thing is something that Doug will appreciate. So, to start it off, Michael Penix Jr. went out and played played his heart out all guts. I don't know who doesn't want a guy like that on their roster, especially playing quarterback, but I wonder if his performance in this game statistically affects his draft stock.
1: I, I don't think so, because the scouts are going to look beyond one game. That being said, he's still, to me, if I were to grade him amongst the talent in the draft, he's probably the number two quarterback I would have on the on the roster, he's probably still a top 10 pick. I'm not going to knock him just for one game.
2: Thoughts on Michael Penix? He's
1: fine. Where, where's his draft stock? Talk to me.
0: I mean, I wouldn't take him day one. There's no no fucking point taking a 2,800-year-old quarterback day one when he's got fucking knee problems out the ass. He's been injured ever since he played in Indiana. That's- so there's no, there's no fucking point drafting this guy.
2: So that brings me to the winner, the guy that was on the other side of J.J. McCarthy. <laughs> and, Doug, you were I bring this up because you were with me at my in-laws house, and he was going on and on about J.J. McCarthy and how all he does is win. But the problem is, comparing the two statistically, even in this game, J.J. McCarthy is a fucking game manager.
1: I hate that argument. And, and you're, you're not wrong. That's not a bad analysis. I hate that argument because what's wrong with that?
0: There's nothing hey, wrong I with that. Hate but... Both of your arguments, then, because that was the dumbest retort you could think of for that exact argument with JJ McCarthy specifically. Listen to this. He's a game manager at the team up north. Yes. Yeah. He literally is because that's all they ask him to do. Yes. Not because that's all he is capable of. And I understand that and I hate him for it. So, here's the thing. When you watch him play the Ohio State, the only game he ever shows up for in his entire fucking life, every fucking year, he plays his fucking ass off. And he does it. it, He has talent, arm talent. He can scramble. He can evade pressure. He can make reads that I – it's unbelievable watching him do this. Every other game – He's handing the ball off to Blake Corum or Donovan Edwards, who gives a shit if you can launch the yeah. ball 70 yards when you have two different running backs who can both run for 70 yards and do it a lot more safely. So you hand the ball off in those situations. Of the quarterbacks not named Cale Williams and Drake May, there is going to end up being a discussion on the number three quarterback it will probably end up being Jaden Daniels. But if J.J. McCarthy goes to the NFL draft this season, he legitimately has a shot to be a first-round pick. And it's not because of his stats. And it's not because he's great at being a game manager. It's because he has a lot of potential. And he has the skills and the tools to be successful. And it's gross. Get me out of here. Fuck you for making me talk about this shit. All right, let's, let's
1: push it, man, before Doug loses his mind again. <laughs>
2: I'm not even gonna bring up the last thing that was that was worth it. <laughs> Doug, I'll let you take it away here for the FCS
0: championship game. Me fucking bring it on. You want to talk something else? I ain't stopping you.
2: I didn't have anything football related to bring up.
0: So all right. And then suck it. <laughs> the going to the game that actually fucking mattered this weekend, the actual division one football championship the one that's recognized by the A and the one that's going to be still standing in the next 10 years. So take that. Uh, <laughs> this one was South Coast State against Montana. This is Missouri Valley, Big Sky, classic, classic matchup. Feels like a matchup we've had several times the past couple of years. But actually, most recent one would have been, What, North Dakota State, Montana State? Yeah. So we get South Dakota State, Montana (laughs) (laughs) for this one. Uh, And expected a great game. There are a lot of things that both of these teams do very well. But uh, it turns out South Dakota State just does all of those things a little bit better.
2: (laughs) The track rabbits are just too much, man. Yeah. What's crazy to me is this was this game was 21 to 3 at half. And then Montana said, no, you, was, you can score one more field goal, and that's it. Well, that math doesn't check. That's not at all true. Or 20 to 3 at half? No, it was. No. No, it was close at half. I think it was 7 to 3 at half. Yeah. Well, maybe I can, maybe I'll look yeah. at it in the third quarter. I don't
1: yeah, know. Yeah, it was 7 to 3 at half. And then South Dakota State came out, and I think they scored two quick ones in the in the second half to kind of put it away. Because, Doug, that was the point where you hit us up in the chat and you were like, dude, this game has turned quickly and South Dakota State took control of this game. And it was about halfway through the third quarter.
0: Well, really, it was at the second touchdown, which was there was about two minutes left in the third quarter when a touchdown happened. But then Montana fumbled the ball away, and that's when I said the game's over. And then they kicked a field goal. And that was the last score of the game. Was still in the third quarter. So, uh, yeah, it's there was absolutely nothing Montana could do offensively. Yeah, after the after halftime, even in the first half, they were very limited. They did get a field goal up, obviously, but I don't know that there was much else. I mean, you, you couldn't ask for anything else out of this right. offense. There was there was nothing in front of them all day. We, we've we said it all
1: year. South Dakota State is on a different level this year. They returned most of their starters from last year, uh, with the exception of I think it's Tucker Craft. Uh, and then was it this year or the year before that Pierre Strong went to the NFL draft? But outside of that, it, it really didn't matter. Uh, South Dakota State returned most of their team. Their coach was hand-gifted. A, a national championship caliber team, and he did not get in their way, which is what you like to see.
0: Yeah, undefeated, 15-0, Jackrabbits here. The only travesty out of all of this is that they did not receive a single vote in the AP Top 25 when, i got to be honest with you, they would beat the vast majority of teams in the FBS. <laughs> I,
1: I, you give it to me this year, and I, I'll take South Dakota State over Iowa.
2: I would take South Dakota State probably somewhere around
0: 32. Well, interesting. I don't have a good comeback to that at the moment because that it's was very, specific. very thought out. <laughs> but it yeah, I don't, wasn't that thought out.
2: I, I think – here's what i'm, I'm here's kind of what i'm going through if i'm looking at probably like the top 30 or so teams if they played three times south dakota state probably wins at least one of them you start getting into the mid 30s that's where they start getting to a, <coughs> two out of three you start getting in like past the 50th best team at the
0: fbs level they're winning all three of those games here's the thing look at the bottom of the top 25 the final eight people um, I would probably taking South Dakota State over SMU. I'm calling it about even with Kansas. It's about even with Iowa. And I will take South Dakota State over Liberty 24 times out of 24. Yeah. yeah, that's true. So the fact that they didn't get ranked compared to those teams, sure, I'm going to pick Clemson over South Dakota State this year, even though this was a quote-unquote down year for Clemson. I'm not asking to put them in the top 10. I'm going to put them, you know, that they're a better team than Liberty. Give them some votes. (laughs) Yeah.
2: There's, there's some, there's some bad teams in this top 25. I did, I did not expect a couple of these teams to be in here, honestly. I hadn't looked at it because let's be real. Who gives a shit about this (laughs) final ranking? It's about as pointless as the first ranking. Yep. But yeah, I, I would have to agree with you. They, They would absolutely beat Liberty, probably beating Iowa,
0: probably beating SMU. If they were cool, they would have had 23, then 24, South Dakota State, and 25, Harding. But they're not cool like (laughs) that. The D2 (laughs) champs? (laughs) Hell yeah. (laughs) Hey, you beat Colorado School of Mines, you get votes in the top 25. Oh, I didn't realize
1: this was under the... Oh, God. Did we do this wrong?
0: Yeah, you did. No, apparently. you just... You, you fucked it.
1: <laughs> I didn't see the other two underneath, so I didn't know. I saw mine showing it was like, Oh, God, that can't.
0: Yeah, that's... You're bad. <laughs> the whole point of this was we all went one and one. this This show. Yep. All right. We all get a different meme though. Cause I got the second <laughs> tier. I
1: like it. Doug's got the best of the best with the uh bowl season matchups.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't end with a perfect zero point six nine. No, but you, but you got the next but I best did thing, have a six my nine man. in there. It rounds to sixty nine and it ends with sixty nine. I think it counts. Beautiful. i'll count it oh very nice
2: very nice nice. no music today because uh you know we We all all tied and yeah i don't think doug was ever gonna let us play the michigan fight song on this
0: uh no podcast
1: no he would quit right then and there
0: but so of course uh, looking at that podium you would think you know who the winner is but this is calculated off win percentage and we've only had one person in BDT Pickem history to go a perfect two for two <laughs> in their Pickem career. Bolagami <laughs> is our BDT Pickem <laughs> champion. I like it.
2: So be Thank sure to stay on tuned on to our Twitter. We'll be uh, we'll be congratulating Bolagami appropriately. Oh man,
1: that's amazing! Absolutely really beautiful. I was looking at the slides. I didn't even look at this one, and I'm shocked right now. I love this.
2: <laughs> However, if you are, you know, a college football fanatic, sicko content creator, hit us up. We'd love to have more guest pickers on next year because that's what makes it, it fun. It really does. But enough of college football. College football's over. Let's move into uh, something a little more fun. The combined. UFL, the XFL, and USFL have joined forces to make spring football better or something. I don't know what their tagline is. I don't, I don't care. But if you'll notice, they have divided this pretty evenly between the USFL conference and the XFL conference. If you're savvy and you're watching, you'll notice something. I'll explain that in a minute. In the USFL conference, we have the Birmingham Stallions, the Memphis Showboats, the Michigan Sex Panthers, and the Houston Roughnecks. In the XFL Conference, we have the Arlington Renegades, the St. Louis Battlehawks, the San Antonio Brahmas, and the D.C. Defenders. Now, you're probably a little confused of why the Houston Roughnecks are in the USFL Conference. I'll make it real simple. I'm more
0: confused with the fact that they went with the Michigan Sex Panthers. That's an interesting choice of
2: <laughs> name of your franchise. They, they're, they're clamoring for viewers. It's, it's just yes. the Michigan <laughs> Panthers for everybody that doesn't. That isn't looking at this graphic, but plain and simple, Birmingham, Memphis, and Michigan all had home games in a home stadium, Ford Field, the Liberty Bowl, and what is it? Protective Stadium, the new stadium down there in Birmingham. Houston did not. The Gamblers were playing in Memphis. However, the Roughnecks were playing at TDECU Stadium. To deck you. No, it's Touchdown ECU Stadium. Anyway, so I guess as a compromise, they said, hey, we know you had a Houston franchise, but we were the ones that had the deal with the stadium. So we're going to keep the name. We'll let the USFL players be the core of this roster going into the next season. And we'll cover that a little bit more here as well. There There were a couple other signings that happened prior to Monday where they had a an, an inner draft between the players from the leftover teams, and uh, no, that's that's in another slide. We'll get into that a little bit more. But to tie in a little bit more college football here, Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium is officially owned by the University of Memphis now. Nice. What that means is Fred Smith donated a shit ton of money to upgrade the stadium. And I have no idea what this is going to mean for the showboat season and if renovations are going on during games, they're going to be able to play there still. I have no clue, but the transfer is done. Memphis has an on-campus stadium, and I'm really curious what the naming situation is going to be because I don't know who the, the contract with Simmons Bank for the naming rights was through.
1: So usually that stuff still gets carried over. It will still be Simmons Bank at least for a little bit unless they buy out that contract. But you immediately went to what this does for the Memphis showboats, but I'm so in tune to college football that I now go, what does this do for realignment? Uh, because that was one of the major issues is Memphis didn't have an on-campus stadium. They do now.
2: I look, I'm just, I realignment's don't, it's not done. I don't think an on-campus stadium is the big deal that everybody fucking makes it out to be. That's neither here nor there. What's extra interesting about this to me though is now that this contract has gone through, Memphis the University of Memphis is going to get more money for their athletic department by renting out the stadium to the US to the UFL, not the USFL, sorry. It's going to it changes a lot of things for the University of Memphis and college football in general. It's another college football stadium that's going to be used for for the UFL and it is officially a university-owned college football stadium. So this is huge. Looking forward to it. Memphis has an on-campus stadium. I can't wait for the naming rights to be bought out from Simmons Bank. I will personally donate money if I find out there's a way to do that. (laughs) However, this is what we were talking about. All these teams that no longer exist, they will exist a little bit. Three players from the New York uh, or Orlando Guardians, rather. Fourteen from the Seattle Sea Dragons. 32 from the Houston Roughnecks, 7 from the Vipers, 18 from the Philadelphia Stars, 9 from the Pittsburgh Maulers. I wonder if that dude that just signed with the Maulers a couple of weeks ago was one of them. 24 from the New Orleans Breakers and 20 from the New Jersey Generals. Teams drafted. Yeah, of course, these were the teams with the most players drafted in the USFL and XFL dispersal drafts. These were the only other teams available. It is kind of weird and interesting to me that the gamblers are basically completely erased from this. Nobody's really, if you don't know, you don't know, essentially, is what's going on here. If you want to get a look at what all these rosters look at look like, I recommend going and checking out each individual team's social medias. they kind of covered all of these things. Some of the big moves that I know had already happened prior to this were Max Borgie signing with uh, the St. Louis Battlehawks. But as you can see here, Houston, who the gamblers were the worst of the remaining teams, in my opinion, probably up there with Michigan. I don't I don't think Michigan had the greatest year last year. It makes sense that they were able to get nine, the most former USFL or XFL, uh, all USFL, Xf, all XFL team players added to their team. But what's interesting to me is that the two-time champion Birmingham Stallions had the second most at six.
1: All about the draft, man. If you know who you're going after.
2: Well, this wasn't even this wasn't even the, the big draft. They're still got another draft coming up to get more players into the league. This was simply going yeah. with anybody that was under a contract. Do you want them on your roster this year?
1: No, it it doesn't. Like I said, it comes down to the GM and how they're actually picking their team. Or in this case, I think it's just the coaches. I don't know if they have full-up GMs. It's the coaches. Like, they're picking the guys that match their team. So if I have a dude that matches my scheme better, even if he's not all USFL or all XFL, I'm going to go take the guy that matches
2: my scheme. Meanwhile, the XFL champion Arlington Renegades had three, the least amount. Which is more like what you would expect to see here, despite the fact that I think DC and St. Louis were better teams throughout the regular season. All in okay. all, that's not the right button. All in all, I'm incredibly excited for the yeah. upcoming uh, USFL, XFL season here. I am curious what that's going to mean for, I guess, subsequent seasons.
1: Just do me a favor. Never hit that button again. It
2: looks weird. What, this button?
1: Oh, God, no.
0: So. Yeah, it's more football. It's going to be great. When does it start? March thirty. It
2: starts March 30th with a battle of champions. The Birmingham Stallions will take on the Arlington Renegades. As far as other matchups, I have no idea what, what that's going to be. I really don't. I, I have I have no clue what any of that's going to look like. I imagine there's going to be a schedule reveal coming soon. Just stay tuned for all that information. We'll get that up to you as soon as we can. I think D- Tug might actually be trying to search for it right now.
0: No. Yeah. That's not at all. Clickety-clackety.
2: Man, if only it had a quieter keyboard.
0: Why? Right? That's less fun. It's more fun for everyone else. I don't care about everyone else. Well, fuck you then.
2: <laughs> so this was a pretty quick I'm, episode.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry. I I've, I've been I, I was on the Wikipedia page for the UFL, and then I got caught up looking at this map of the United States, and oh I God. for some reason didn't realize the Missouri River starts like in. Yellowstone, basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's crazy. When I say I'm in West River, South Dakota, it's because I'm west of the Missouri River. Yeah, I just didn't piece those things together because I'm—I didn't ever thought about the Missouri River before in my life because I never gave a shit about the Missouri River. Nobody ever thinks about the Missouri River. I mean, I am right now, so disprove that theory. Fuck you. (laughs) Uh, Also, I would really love to go to the uh, start of the Mississippi up in Minnesota. I think that'd be awesome and it's
1: Just get a kind sailboat and a doable
0: road trip. Just get a sailboat and sail down. No, that's not how that works. It could. It might be. No. very much not. Get a <laughs> sailboat and go up the Mississippi. No, 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 sail down. You
1: start at the top and you sail down.
0: Why would I sail down from Louisville and end up in Minnesota? That's not how down works. I would end up in New Orleans. That's not what
1: I'm saying. I'm saying drive to Minnesota and sail down the Mississippi.
2: Uh, No.
0: Dear Lord, that would take months. you know how low the
2: Mississippi River is right now, too?
0: (laughs) No, I don't. I have no idea.
2: It's incredibly fucking low. I guess you yeah. don't. I guess you didn't have a ton of experience driving across the river all the goddamn time.
0: I have experience driving across one river. It's called the Ohio River, and uh, it's usually deep enough under Cincinnati Bridge oh, that I so don't notice how high or low it is. So, to Ben's that point, little that little canyon is deep.
1: So, to Ben's point, on October 11th, it was reported Mississippi River dropped to historic lows 11 and a half feet at the city of Memphis.
2: Yeah, and it didn't look wow. too much better when we were
0: just there. That's that's really sad for you, Tug. I know how much you would love to have more feet. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I was really confused where that was going.
2: Speaking of feet, we were watching the... My wife and I were watching the Barbie movie. Tuck, I don't like that this first, like, is. 30 minutes of that movie, you would lose your fucking mind.
0: You <laughs> know, Doug knows
2: what I'm talking about, too.
0: I do know what you're talking about. Uh, <laughs> I watched that movie in theaters by myself. Yes, I did. <laughs> It's
1: okay. It's like not an entire t-
0: week before I went and watched Oppenheimer, it wasn't like a Barbenheimer thing. I just I went to go see the Barbie movie. It was a good time. What? <laughs> just Glad we're friends, my man. I also, all right. So this was another thing I was looking at. I ended up following the Ohio River all the way up into Pittsburgh, and like I knew generally. That the Ohio River like went through Pittsburgh. I didn't know it, it really was, you know, both the Allegheny and the whatever the fuck this is. The, I can't pronounce that shit. <laughs> River. The, and they oh, just yeah, the Monongahela River. Oh, yeah. Sure. And they come together. And that's just, we start calling it the Ohio now. Yeah. That's like, why it's, that's why it was called Three River Stadium. Oh, I understand the concept of that. I've just never like looked at it on a map, and it just feels really underwhelming. Just Here's... how it just. All right, all right. Before Two rivers come together, and now we're Before... going to call it a different river.
1: Before I read links, I want to shout out Doug's new uh, new podcast. He's going to start it on river geography here. <laughs> Floating I with was Doug. a lot I didn't know. <laughs> Floating with Big Doug. You can find it wherever podcasts
2: are found. Before before you do read links to, I do want to say that if you just go and search UFL on, like, if you get, like, on X, on Twitter, if you search UFL, you're going to find something about a free-to-play football, as in soccer game, that is at UFL game is the only UFL account that I was able to find. And it is, it has absolutely nothing to do with the real football. It's all this UFL soccer game bullshit. So just keep going to the teams directly, the XFL and the USFL. That's, that's going to be your best bet. If you want to freelance and find your own information on your, on your own. Uh, Otherwise like this, I feel like they did not think out a, merger as much as maybe they should have
1: they they did what they've done for the past few years with the spring leagues they're they're rushing it they could have each gone on with their standard seasons as planned
0: here's see and but here's
2: the problem plan the the merge the, for next year. the problem is the way the usfl was set up they should have had everybody going to their individual stadiums this season well, so what that, I think happened was they saw that that wasn't going to happen. So they called the XFL and said, hey, why don't we, I don't know, work together. And that's how we've kind of gotten this big fucking mess that we have right now.
1: No, and, and, and that's fair. But what I'm saying is they still, the XFL should have held it off. Even when you think back to the 60s and 70s, it took the NFL and the AFL about three full years after the Super Bowl started to actually officially merge into one league.
2: Well, and that's the other thing I got to figure out too. That's the other thing I got to figure out too, because they, they had four hub cities in the USFL this past season. Yep. The XFL still had one. So every time these players, you know, they, there were no real home games except for Arlington. Yeah, They were the only home team. All these players that played for St. Louis, they would get on a plane with the team they just played and go back to Arlington to the training facilities.
1: Yeah, they just don't have the money right now to set up their own individual training facilities for these teams like they they should. And again, a lot of that's a difference in the business model between even the NFL and these, these is that, whereas the NFL is a an agreement between 32 separate organizations. This one organization runs all of these separate teams. Uh, i That's hard to overcome, especially when you're trying to get started. Doug, what is going on over there, man? I see that smile getting bigger and bigger.
0: I'm just – so I followed the Missouri River down to – now I'm looking <laughs> at the Madison River, which, like, feeds the Missouri River. But the Madison River <laughs> goes through – Enos Lake.
1: All right, ladies Ben, you got anything else before That's I so start good. reading
2: links?
0: You're fucking Enos. Oh God.
2: Yeah. The person who invented autocorrect should burn <laughs> in hello.
1: God damn it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, our links will be linked in the description below. As always, I will read them off for you because these two nutbags like to, uh, hear my voice for some reason we have our patreon.com slash bt football facebook.com slash bt football x.com slash bt football youtube.com slash at big dudes in the trenches twitch.tv slash big dudes in the trenches all of those are all one word instagram.com slash bt underscore football football.com, mailbox at football.com. and our discord as always will be linked in the description below sorry not sorry hey tug Question.
0: Which one, go ahead. which one? one of you two? Go first. I don't, yeah. f- All right. I'll go. I'll go. You called us nut bags. Does that imply that you don't have one? Because no. that's brutal.
1: No, I have three. You two and the one on me.
2: <laughs> what? You have three nuts? <laughs> no, nut bags. Triple nut?
1: There's a difference. <laughs> What's up, bug? Knock, knock. Who's there?
2: Broken sword. Broken sword who? Never mind. It's pointless. <laughs> Got him
1: Alright ladies and gentlemen That is all the time we have on the show today Thank you for watching and or listening And just remember, you can't win a game If you can't win a franchise